Today on the Relationship Revival Show, I'm joined by Kimberly Healy. Kimberly is an Ivy League PhD in French literature turned sex, love, and intimacy coach for people who find it perplexing to be accomplished and yet at a loss in their love life. As an experienced teacher of yoga and literature, she combines a deep understanding of the body and the mind to help people reconnect with their hearts. You're listening to the Relationship Revival Podcast with John DeBach, also known as Mr. Spirituality. That's me. I'm your host giving you insights and guidance from over 10 years in the field of this amazing journey we call romance. On this show, I go over everything you need to know about how to get into a relationship, how to get the most out of a relationship, and sometimes even how to gracefully end a relationship without pulling your hair out and going crazy. And occasionally, I'm even joined by new and old friends friends who are also relationship experts to bring you guidance and wisdom with new perspectives. Thanks for stopping by. Kimberly Healy, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here, John, and nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. I love your background. So you have a PhD in French literature and uh, and you're a dating coach. And that's, you know, there's so much time that we spend on the podcast talking to people about how to be in a relationship, how, like what, what do you do when you're 15 years into the marriage and love evaporates? But, um, you know, one thing that's really interesting for me is I got married right before the apps came out, like literally <laughs> right before. And I saw it happen in my first year or two of marriage where it just exploded. I mean, there was still like the online websites like eHarmony and JDate and stuff. And I was on those for a bit when I was, you know, in my early twenties and whatnot, but I cannot even think about what it's like to navigate that landscape. And that's kind of the, that's kind of the, the sandbox you play in the most. So, and, and I, and there's a lot of people who are coming out of marriages who listen to the podcast or who haven't been in that dating pool for a long time. And it's obviously like something everybody's going through. There's, there's even a show, I think on Hulu, with Jesse Eisenberg, what's it called? Something like Schmidt, something's wrong with, where oh, I tried he's to a doctor. <laughs> yes, I know what you're talking about. Flex, yeah, and he's- flight, Something, yes. What's wrong with- Yeah, what's, what's wrong with Schmidt, something yes. like that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I, I didn't get to watch the whole thing, but it, like, it just reminded me of like how radically different things are now. So but, tell me about what you, First of all, I want to get into your background too, but what do you do with people and who are the types of people who come and find you? Yeah. So I mostly work with creatives, uh, filmmakers, photographers, chefs, actors, musicians, people who are incredibly good at dreaming things up and not so good at dreaming up the love life that they want, um, stepping back into that reality. The apps are intimidating and wild and it's an $82 billion business worldwide. Uh, Owned by like three companies too, and, by the way. Right. <laughs> and are, and uh, there are fewer people in relationships since the apps have exploded than before. The apps have exploded. Them. Almost half of Americans aren't in serious relationships, adult Americans, right? Uh-huh. Um, Did you, have you ever looked at the stats in Asia? Not in Asia, but in Europe. So in Asia, because they've had it longer than us, right? The social media, the the average sexual partner and the average age of marriage has dropped off a cliff in Asia. 
And I was like in shock, you know, it's like, it's crazy. It's absolutely nuts. So I'm, I'm, you're preaching to the choir for sure. Right. I don't, they're, they're not invested in people coupling up and getting off the apps. Like it would be ludicrous to think that just like, right. you know, HelloFresh is not invested in you learning how to actually cook. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe cook, but not shop, right? <laughs> <laughs> really like not need them. Right. right. Um, and so what I have found is that people, what's, what's sad for me is that people have kind of, especially during the pandemic, because there was seemed to be no other option, right? How in the world are you going to meet anyone? People have kind of outsourced all the effort of connecting and meeting people to the apps, kind of like we outsource maybe our house cleaning to a house cleaner, right? We outsource right. all of these things. And what happens is then when they're in day-to-day life and they could meet people, they're like, no, I have an app for that. It's become car- compartmentalized. Mm-hmm. It's hard for people to make eye contact, to have a casual conversation, it's really hard for people, adults, especially accomplished adults, to come out and say, I'm looking for love. I'm lonely. I really want a lifelong partner. I work with some of my clients to just get them to say those words and they tear up and, and they don't want to look at me and, and they don't want to say it. But when they do say it, like your heart goes out to them. You're like, I'm going to find someone for you. I'm going to help you. Um, so I feel like as the pandemic ends, we're really at this crucial moment where we can turn towards people or we can turn towards technology. And there are more and more Mm -hmm. apps every day. There's a new one that has a special thing. But ultimately what we want is to connect with people. People are very, very lonely. So what I do in my work is I help adults uh, kind of align what their mind is thinking about how they want a relationship, which sometimes is a little outdated because it's something, you know, they're stuck on from even like middle school, right? Just want to be adored. I, I want to feel safe. Like, well, that's good. And then what their body is saying about how they want to be in connection and community uh, with people. So I help I help people with visualization, with breath work to align those two. Because um, if I said to you, John, uh, you're you know you're gonna go jump off this cliff. You just use the word. You're gonna go jump off this cliff, right? You're and just go do it. You can do it. You can do it. Go go go. And you got to the edge of the cliff, and you'd be like, uh uh-uh. uh. But if I took some time with you and I was like, drop into your body, like hear the ocean, feel the rocks under your feet. Is this the cliff that you want? Right? Is this where you want to go? Um, and so when people really drop into their physical sensations and their heart's desires, they get so much more clarity about the kind of connection they're looking for, which is very different from all the stories in our heads. And so that's kind of like the first step for you is really getting them in tune with what they really want. Absolutely. And that is hard for people. And I've had, I've had lunch with friends of mine in their fifties who have been divorced or just got divorced. Or one of my favorites is someone who got divorced when they were in their thirties and then got into like a 10 year relationship four months later. And now they're finally like single. And now they're like, I'm not sure. And it's like, they're in their fifties and they never ask themselves. And it's fascinating to see them kind of trip over the same mistakes that, other people did in their twenties because they weren't married or something. So so you're right. It's, it's, it's one of those things where like, you don't just intuit it. You kind of have to learn that skill set. Right. And who are our role models? That's, I mean, yeah. Dating coach, that's a made up thing, but it's necessary. Your grandmother can't help you. 
Yeah. You're married for 30 years, friends. Don't know what to tell you. They love you. They see you in pain. They don't know how to help you. We have no role models. We we haven't lived this long as a species with the ability to choose new mates past childbearing age or past, you know, sort of the very basics. In right. the 1800s, you, people in the U.S. died in their 40s. Mm-hmm. So this... We, we don't know what we're doing. And yet it's such an opportunity for people to write a new story. Like your friend can have whatever they want if they can figure out what it is they want. So let's say you get them to the point where they know what they want. And I know that's a process. What's the step after that? And then, and, and is that where your work ends or do you continue working with them? Well, it depends on the depends on the person. Um, sometimes people get there quickly, and sometimes people it takes them a long time. Uh, especially, I would say, women who have been brought up to adapt to others and to please others, uh, mm-hmm. they're really not in the habit of saying, "I want this and I want it now." Sure, that's a lot of internal work that we go through. Uh, so the next thing is uh, in what daily practices are going to get you closer to what you want. Is it going to be a strategy for working with the apps, which is good, fine, but also I always encourage people to have a strategy for what their in real life life is going to be looking like at the time. A -hmm. lot of people um, are a little bit out of whack, out of balance with... um, they, they are really easy. It's really easy for them to connect with people, but they don't let others connect with them, let's say. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so, sure. So the next step is like you're meeting people, you're going out, you're meeting people. Are you too easily going to the yes without really thinking about who you are? Or are you too quickly going to the no because all the fears come up? Right. So I have to do a lot of hand holding through the initial texting and dating stages so that people can stay grounded, uh, not get into all of their fears around rejection and, and stick with the desire that they've come up with. So I, I really ask people to hone in on what to one or two desires. And then we just like keep going back to those. They can change, but you can't have 10 desires in a coherent dating life. It just won't work. So how are you going to meet? Who are you going to meet? Where are you going to meet? What kind of time do you want to spend with people? Where do you draw lines? Um, you know, to be to be very heterosexual and cisgender about it. Um, I I see that women are drawing lines really really fast because they've had bad experiences, and mm-hmm. men who are uh, new to the dating world are saying, "I'll go out with anyone who'll go out with me, please. I'm lonely. She's nice. I'll go out with her." And I'm like, "Wait, wait. She's nice, but uh, does she want a long term relationship? <laughs> Do you mm-hmm. have anything in common?" So. It's almost, and I do blame the dating apps and their statistics on this to like, like that men are, men don't get a lot of matches on the apps. And so they'll match with anybody and women get matches who aren't the right matches. And it just sort of goes and goes. So I really help people then like take a deep breath, be patient, don't leap to assumptions, check in with yourself and go on a date or two or three. Mm-hmm. Uh, it It's 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 culturally okay in the U.S. to like make fun of people who are dating and to trash talk the man you met on Bumble or the woman, the women on Tinder and their filter. What I try to do is like, what is the humanity in every single connection, and what can you learn, and how can how can you take what you learned to to feel better about humans, to to feel better about connections? Uh, it's not like oh he's bad and she's bad. I, I'm really feel like a little 
I don't know, that's my soapbox. Everyone, everyone deserves love and everyone is worth spending, you know, a short date with. Yeah. I mean, as someone who does counseling and therapy sessions, that's, that's the first thing we do is we, we find as an, be empathetic. If you can't love your client, then you can't help them. So I totally get that. Um, and it's hard sometimes, you know, cause some people have some storied histories when they come into the, <laughs> and they, the couch. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not, you'd be surprised. There aren't there. Most people are harder on themselves than, than we would be, but there is that occasional where you're like, you should be a little harder on yourself <laughs> and yeah. you still have to find a way to love those people. So yeah. I, I get that. you said, you said something interesting. You said a strategy to work with the apps. And again, me never having to use one. I mean, I think I downloaded one with my wife as a joke to kind of like see what it was like. Cause neither of us, and then we deleted it that same night, but that's so fascinating to think of it as a strategy. What can you kind of explain one of many strategies that you might kind of pitch? Cause I'm just fascinated what that looks like. Oh yeah. I have a lot of strategies. <laughs> so, uh, well there's, there are strategies about your profile, your pictures and what you're going to do. There's strategies about limiting yourself to a number of apps, but the real strategy is similar to what I was just talking about that not to lean on the apps as proof that things are as bad as you think they are. So please, please, please don't swipe when you're insomniac. Don't swipe when you're feeling lonely. I tell my clients, you get 10 a day. You can swipe on 10 people a day and then you put it away. You turn off all notifications. You have it only on one device. You know, it's a little thing that you do, like drinking your coffee in the morning, swipe, 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 done for the day and move on. Uh, so that's not like buzzing in your pocket as you go through the day. It's not because it really quickly turns into um, a self-worth validation, except it's the opposite, right? It's like, nobody loves me. I'm all men are terrible. All women are terrible. And so it, the strategy is to really limit it and to not go for it when that gaping wound is starting to open of like, oh, I just want someone to reaffirm that I'm unlovable, right? Gotcha. Interesting. Well, what's your, your own story? Like, I know you did some dating in France during the pandemic, <laughs> which is a mouthful. Uh, what's, uh, I think it was, I think Louis CK escaped there during the pandemic. Oh, as sure, well. I didn't see him. <laughs> uh, uh, I know he went somewhere in Europe. I don't know where, but he was just like, I'm out of here. Um, wh what was your, what was your experience like? Yeah, it's pretty funny. So I had my heart broken really badly in March, 2019. Uh, ah. That's a separate story. I thought I would be with this person the rest of my life and I'm not. Uh, so I moved to, I was moving to France anyhow. I am, you know, I spent a lot of time in France and in the, in the summer of 2019, I moved to France for a year off sabbatical, do what I want. And March 13th, 2020, I was like, okay, it's been a year. Stop moping. You need to do <laughs> <laughs> cosmic joke, right? Because March 14th, 2020, France is in total lockdown. The end. The end. I went on one little tiny date before the lockdown <laughs> in a park. And so I set myself the challenge of meeting 10 people uh, while I was in France because I was like, I need to get better at this. I need to figure it out. Like you, like the, our conversation before we started, like, I didn't know what I was doing. Right. I didn't know how the apps worked. I'm totally fluent in French, so I didn't have a linguistic problem. But there are cultural differences. Um and I didn't know what I wanted. What did I want? I don't know. Uh, love? 
uh, food, like someone else took mm-hmm. because we couldn't go to any restaurants. <laughs> Sex, probably, you know, loneliness, physical loneliness. I hope so. Not probably. Gosh. <laughs> well, right, except there are all these rules. You couldn't go more than one kilometer from your house. <laughs> yeah. The police would yeah. stop you, right? So it's like. Yeah, yeah. Different kind of lockdown. <laughs> super, yeah. So I remember like the first time I like broke the rules to go to someone's house. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to have, you know, a shopping bag. So I look like I'm shopping. And um, so since then, I've met 44 men, because I'm heterosexual through online dating. And, um, you know, some, because of my work, I'll be, I'm happy to meet people just to like be their practice date or the hangout. I meet a lot of people who it's the very first time they've met someone since their marriage or their mm-hmm. life has changed. Um, and so it's a little bit research and I'm always open and say, well, that's not true. If I'm not that interested in them, I'm open and say like, I'm a dating coach. I'm happy to, you know, chat with you, but you know, this is my work. If I am interested in them, I usually just show up as myself and not my work self. Sure. And I will say um, 44 men. So I want any women listening to this. I want you to know I have had no bad experiences. Oh, wow. I have had no bad experiences. People are people. Um, All in France or? No, 11 somewhere? in France. And then I came back to the US in 2020. Uh, the lockdown was too much for me. <laughs> okay. So split. 44 over three years. It 44 sounds like. over three years. Yeah. Is that right? 44, 43. I, I try to write it down because mm-hmm. I can't keep track. Yeah. Um, and I've, and I'm one of the reasons I did it is because I feel like I wanted to learn more about what's going on with men. Um, Mm -hmm. and the things I've heard are a little heartbreaking. Men are very lonely. Um, they don't have the perceived community that women seem to easily make. Um, they don't know what they're supposed to do culturally right now. Like, um, if they make a move, they're an aggressor. If they don't make a move, they're wimpy. It's like the gender norms are so black and white and there's no, there's no space to do the right thing. It's really hard. So I have a lot of empathy. Um, some of my clients are men too, and I work with them um, going out yeah. dating too. The gender norm thing, I f- I feel personally will go away over time. The mm-hmm. social thing will not. That's been time immemorial. So men, I don't know if anybody's pointed this out to you, but in a heterosexual or heteronormative relationship, it's very rare that the man will have any kind of social circle. That job is put on the yeah. wife. Right. And so it's like, you know, it, to me, it's like, yeah, I get it. I mean, I, I have some friends who are single in their thirties through fifties. And if they don't go to the happy hour, they're home and that's it. And like, that's all they do. Um, we're just kind of clueless that way. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of my work for men and women or whoever I'm working with is about building connections, whether or not they be romantic. So um, I've, you know, I've given talks on this, like this, the skills that I'm teaching are useful for making friendships as well. And we should yeah. be practicing these skills on our friends because it'll make us better friends. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So wait, what you are some of the best things? dates that you, that you've been on though? Oh, the <laughs> best dates I've been on. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, well, well, I, I hate to cut you off, but I was like out of yeah, 44, no, I want to, I want to hear some of them. Best dates I've been on. Um, 
I met a guy. We went uh, bow hunting in the woods with a fake deer. Not, I didn't kill anything. Oh wow! Yeah, See, I'm, and I'm taking mental notes for like my wife because you know dinner and a movie gets old. Oh yeah, no archery, <laughs> archery, um, archery. Another fun. guy. I was like, you know, I'm so tired of boring dates. He's like, well, do you want to get your motorcycle license? And he signed us up for a motorcycle clinic, and I got my motorcycle license. Is that a one day thing? Yeah. Wow. Well, I did a little practicing first, but yeah, yeah. Wow, that's cool. Five hours. It was really fun. It was really fun. I, I not, I still can't really ride a motorcycle, but I did it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, other, other fantastic dates have been like a nine mile hike in the woods in the dark. Um, I, I like that the active scary. dates. You, you better trust the person. <laughs> yeah. Well, so it started out as a short one and then we were, I, I started yeah. to feel very confident about this. I story. probably wouldn't put that as your profile. Would you like to go on a nine mile dark no, walk in the woods with me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, recently someone took me to a comedy club. I never go to those. That was, that was great. Yeah. You know, for me, it's a standard date. I love comedy, but oh, yeah, awesome. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, and then I would say that some, some weekend trips, you know, I've been, I, I'm game. I'll try it. It's fine. I'll, I'll go anywhere. Um, I think the worst fine. dates are going out for a drink. Like that's, you, you, you're sitting still. There's a lot of ambient noise. Mm-hmm. Drink alcohol? Are they drinking too much alcohol? Are you not drinking enough alcohol? Like all these judgments, right? Right. Do you recommend to people not to do the drink as a first date just to like see because it's low commitment, right? Because yeah. you can end a drink in an hour. So I get why people do that, um, and it's also low cost for the men because if they're going out with a million right. women, it's like this is expensive. Um, so I, I, I have a strategy. I tell everyone to, to plan a 35 minute first date. Okay. Uh, to, to have something at the end, like, oh, I have to run. I have a, a Zoom call or I have, a, I have to go meet a friend. Something that you could change if you were having a good time. But that when you arrive, you tell the person, I've got 35 minutes. I'm sorry. You know, it's a relief to both parties. Everyone's like, oh, okay. I'll have to make it through 35 minutes. Like this is. You, yeah. It's a hard stop. You can hang on by your fingernails. For you can make it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll be okay. Yeah. And, and at the end of that 35 minutes, I mean, you know, if it's amazing, but it's also like in France, there's this expression, rester sur sa faim, to stay a little hungry is good. Mm-hmm. Marriages too, staying a little hungry, like, mm, we don't get it all That's right fun. now. Uh, so then you want to make another opportunity to meet them or not. Um, and so what I want my clients to do is to do something they would normally do that brings them joy or pleasure. So if I would mm-hmm. normally just love to take a walk in the park, then I want to go on a date that's in the park. If someone else loves beautiful cocktails, go have a beautiful cocktail. So, so that your whole nervous system is looking forward to some aspect of this encounter with a new person. That sounds great. Yeah, I like that. That's good. You definitely don't want to do something. If you're not the motorcycle type, you don't want to make that a date. <laughs> like I, I heard this was a good date, even though I'm terrified <laughs> of motorcycles. <laughs> that wouldn't be good. Um, I have a funny first date story that I haven't thought of since I was, cause it happened when I was like 19, 20. Um, but the, so it was a blind date. Someone set me up with this girl who, who was Israeli. She was beautiful, but her name was Moran. And, but she, with the English accent, it sounds just like moron. And so we were, we went to get a coffee at a Starbucks and she, I'm like, well, what's your order? And, and I, and I grabbed it from her. I was like, I'll wait in line. Cause there was a line, you know, you want to go sit in one of the couches. 
and I forgot the order. And so I yelled across the Starbucks, Hey moron, what did you want to, or, and the woman behind me in line chewed me out. She was like, how dare you? How dare you? And she's like, don't you realize how far women have come? I'm like, lady, that's her name. And she's like, that is not her name. She has a name. What is your name? And the woman, and, and my date said, I'm moron. And she went, no, what is your, she thought she was being abused. And, and I said, no, it's moron with an A. She's Israeli. And the woman bought us our drinks. So <laughs> it, it had a happy ending. She was so embarrassed. But I was like, yeah, how do you think I feel? It's, it's, you know, it's a blind date. I had to text someone, hey, moron, where do you want to meet? You know, so it didn't work out, uh, but for other reasons, but I was like, I'll never forget it. And except I did. I haven't brought it up in 10 years. So it's kind of funny. Yeah. So you never know. Like sometimes I tell people, I tell my married couples, it's better to go out on a bad date than no date at all, because it, you guys can laugh about it later. But I'm going to so, one up you on that one, John. Mm-hmm. Seriously. This whole Disneyland, Disney fairy tale princess meet at first sight, blah. If you think about the best relationships that you know, that have really lasted a long time and are fabulous. Almost every single one of them started with a no. Yeah. It was a bad first date. One of them wasn't single. They didn't really like the, each other. Right. The ones that start with a yes fizzle out. Like, so mm-hmm. having a bad date is, is good in a way. Like if, you know, like, like you said, it can be the story, but also it's human and normal. Like it shouldn't be a rom-com. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny when people ask how my wife and I date, it's not my line, but I tell people, cause it's like our s- story is kind of boring. So I'll tell people we met in the return line at the 99 cent store, um, just to kind of break things up. But, but you're right. Like, I think she said yes. And she said yes emphatically, but in her head, it wasn't no, cause uh-huh. I'm a little younger than her. And so she was like, I don't know, but she was at that place in her life. She's like, just try it. And that just try it turned into we're getting married. Yeah. So so yeah, that's I think that's really great advice. And well, what time? You need What's that? And it takes time. You need time to get to know someone. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody has their own threshold of warming up for sure. Mm-hmm. I have four kids. They're all different. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh they all have their own, you know, like and it depends on the day too. So for sure. What's the best way for someone to reach out? It sounds like you'd be a great fit for so many. Um Is it just through your website, KimberlyHealy.com? My website is great, KimberlyHealy.com. You can book a free half hour and we can see if we're we're a match for this work. I'm also on Instagram at Healy Delight, H-E-A-L-E-Y. And I also post, uh, I do free talks and I post them like every month on YouTube. I've given talks on dating and spirituality, what to do when you're ghosted. Uh, Dating as a cultural outsider, like uh, that wasn't our topic today, but like what, Dating as an immigrant, that's really a thing here in the Bay Area where people... Oh, wow. Yeah, if you yeah, have... That's, that's super interesting. Yeah. 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 As an outsider, culturally or your age or your ability. Uh, so I give a lot of free talks on things that I think are interesting around dating. And people are welcome to come to those. They're on an Eventbrite OS listed. But probably the easy, the most direct way would be through my website or follow me on Instagram and Awesome. I'll be sure to post everything in the show notes as well and on the website listing, but 
uh, KimberlyHealy.com spelled just the way you think it is. <laughs> so uh, it's, uh, it, yeah, definitely sounds like a, a shoe in for a lot of people, especially if they're in that place. Thank you so much for being on the program. You're welcome. It was so nice to meet you. If you're interested in learning how to get the absolute most out of your romantic relationships, then you're in luck because I have put together a free workshop or masterclass, if you will, about three secrets that people in happy relationships have discovered. You can view the workshop at mrspirituality.com slash three secrets. Again, it's completely free. Just go there and watch it. It'll help you on your journey, give you some wisdom, some things to think about. The website again is mrspirituality.com slash three secrets. That's mrspirituality.com slash the number three, the word secrets. It's all yours. Enjoy. Enjoy. 